0: It's 1208, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. So glad to have you with us. Hey, if you ever want to get a head start on what we're going to talk about on the program, you can follow me at Twitter. It's at Jeff Wagner 620 Send out a number of tweets with some of the links to some of the stories that we are going to talk about. Yesterday, at the end of the program, I was interacting with Greg Matzik, our sports guy, and Greg pointed out that he thought I was the only host here at WTMJ who did not follow him on Twitter. Seem to be taking it a little bit personally. Well, I, I last, last thing I want to do is have Greg Matzik mad at me. So I, I actually sent out... I, I Number one, I started following him. And number two, sent out a tweet. It says, with the exception of getting married and getting my dog and choosing radio for a midlife career change, following at G. Matzik is the best choice I've made in a while. So I'm, I'm now on board. I'm following Matsick and you can, in fact, follow me. All right, we're, we're going to discuss a number of things. As so I was saying to Steve, I, I get... I get it that every talk show host in the country is going to be talking about the government shutdown and they're going to be talking about President Trump's address last night. And we will discuss that as portions of, of the show, but, but just portions of the show. Cause there's a, it's an interesting world out there and there's a lot of big stories and there's little stories that raise bigger and larger points. And we're going to work that all into the show as well. And I, I start off with a local story. Now, Let let, let me confess here. My, I've got a little dog, and we live not that far from a hospital. And so, occasionally, what will happen is you will hear sirens of of presumably ambulances that are going up to the hospital. And whenever Sasha hears the siren, it's bark, 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 bark. All right. Today, I today I I had to got the oil changed my car early. Came back to the house, and there were there were guys that were out there working on the trees. The condo associate people people that were out there and they were like trimming tree branches so you heard the chainsaw and and my little dog was barking at that so you know and you just tell her sasha you got to be quiet because occasionally i get it the noise provides an, an irritant now i understand the trees have to be your know, tree limbs have to be taken down trees have to be pruned and certainly i, I understand that you're going to have sirens for ambulances so the story i'm about to tell you is a little bit different but and then again it's not Journal Sentinel has this report. There's a guy who lives in Greenfield. He is a cannon collector. And I'm not talking about cannon cameras. I'm talking about cannons. He collects, like, Civil War-era cannons. And he's got four of them. My producer is shaking his head. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think... I mean, people collect all sorts of odd stuff. He collects Civil War cannons. So he's got Four of them as part of his family's Fourth of July tradition for the the last 40 some years. They have a big Fourth of July party at their house. And what they do is they pull the cannons out and they shoot off the cannons. At one point in time on the 4th of July. Now, they're not shooting cannonballs. I mean, <laughs> my producer is like looking. No, I mean, it's not like he loads the thing up with cannonballs and they're flying, you know, and you're blowing up other people's houses. What they do is they put like one of the dummy charges in there and they, they shoot off the, the cannons. Kind of like, I don't know, fireworks or whatever. It takes about to, to shoot off all four cannons. It's boom, 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 boom. It takes... 15 to 30 seconds, all right? So this isn't, it's not something that's going on for one or two hours. It's boom, 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 boom. And they shoot off the the cannons. And maybe you've seen this if you've ever been to a Civil War reenactment or whatever. But, I mean, they, they shoot these things off. All right, so for the last four-plus decades, apparently they have been doing this at their home in Milwaukee. The guy now lives in Greenfield. Now, this is the same Greenfield that's been in the news a a lot lately. This is the Greenfield, where was the story a couple weeks ago, where, remember, it was the guy who hired the hooker, and then the hooker came back a couple days later with her boyfriend and they tried to rob the guy because apparently the hooker thought the guy had a whole bunch of cash. That's this Greenfield. It's the same Greenfield where they just arrested one of these porch pirates, this guy who had stolen 175 items from people's, from people's porches. So th- this is this is this greenfield. So you've got the guys hiring hookers who then come back to rob them. You've got the porch pirates. Well, now you have the cannon guy. So last 4th of July, they're having this party in, in their neighborhood, and they, they've got the four cannons on the front yard, and they shoot them off. Boom, 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 boom. And it's, uh, again, 15 seconds, 4th of July, right? All right, well, what happens is two of the neighbors... Two of the neighbors call and complain about the noise. Now, a lot of neighbors are at the party. A lot of other people know about this. It's the 4th of July, and there's all sorts of boom, boom, boom going off. But one calls in, and, and they, they talk to, to both of these. These are two people who have called in. One is a woman who lives three doors down, and she said she was having a 4th of July party in the backyard with friends friends. And children, 5, 7, 11 years old, and these small dogs, when the cannons boomed, we all ran into the house. The windows shook. The kids were running around. The dog was frightened. Boom, 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 boom. We felt we were in danger. We had no way of knowing where it was coming from. And even if I knew that it was this situation, I would still be against it. Why should I have to leave my house so he can shoot off his cannons? All right, so that's one complaint. Another guy who complains lives about a block away and he says, I don't care what any other neighbors think. Um, windows rattle and it scares the heck out of our granddaughter. So we want this to be stopped and we filed and complained. The Greenfield police then move in and they issue the guy a ticket. Now, Greenfield has an ordinance that I spent more time, I want, I want this 15 minutes of my life back, but I did find the Greenfield ordinances, and they have a noise ordinance. And the noise ordinance says, No person shall make, continue, or cause to be made any loud, disturbing, or unnecessary sounds or noises, such as may tend to annoy or disturb a person of ordinary sensibilities in or about any public street, alley, or private residence. So these people complain. The Greenfield authorities, now this is the same Greenfield where you've got the hookers and you've got the porch pirates, they apparently swoop in, and despite the fact that this was less than 30 seconds, they issue the guy a a ticket. Now, the ticket originally was for $3,000, which is apparently the, the maximum fine that you can impose. Um, it was reduced to a thousand dollars because the judge that heard this said, well, I, I, I think a three thousand is excessive, but I'm going to find the guy a thousand. Right. I want to open up the phone lines. Our numbers are 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. It is the 4th of July. The guy is having a party. Many, many, many of the neighbors are invited. This is his tradition. Did I mention it's the 4th of July? And he fires these cannons off. He doesn't fire the cannons off 20 or 30 times. He fires the cannons off. Boom, 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 boom. So it's done in 15 to 20 seconds. Does it make noise? It probably does make noise. This isn't like a 2 in the morning where it's done. Everybody knows or now knows he's doing it. He was fined thousands of dollars by Greenfield officials. All right, is this an overreaction? 4147991620. And by the way, I it is my understanding that nobody has been issued a ticket for fireworks for shooting off fireworks even though they would be illegal as well and they would be making noise. All right, 4147991620. That's the accident mortgage talk and text line. Is this one where despite the fact that you've got two neighbors who complained You should simply say, look, it is the 4th of July. We're not going to issue citations for this. Now, if the guy was doing it two in the morning, it might be different. If he was doing it every hour on the hour, it might be different. He fires the cannons once as part of his party on the 4th of July. All right. Should he have, should he be ticketed? Is this a reasonable thing to fine him a thousand bucks or? Should Greenfield have more significant things to do with itself, like tracking down the hookers that are apparently going to Greenfield or the Porch Pirates? 414-799-1620. We discuss in just a moment. Was this an excessive fine, or did he get what he deserved? 1217, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1219, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 414-799-1620. All right. All right. Look, I don't want to, I don't want to be seen as endorsing lawlessness, but really, the peep, the officials in Greenfield, in my opinion, desperately need to get a life. All right. Some officials, apparently, according to the Journal Sentinel story, say they were dumbfounded that in a community that doesn't allow people to fire a gun, someone is firing cannons. Well, okay. He's doing it as part of a Fourth of July celebration. It takes 15 to 30 seconds, for goodness sakes. One of the older women, and let's give her credit, Linda Lobotsky says, I believe he should be able to keep his continuous tradition. He's been doing it forever. If neighbors are so sensitive, maybe we should not have city fireworks. That's the day for celebrating. Doesn't Greenfield have bigger and better things to do than mess with small people? 414-799-1620. Now, look, I understand You can change these facts. I understand that there's all sorts of things that people do in communities that are incredibly uh, annoying and loud and things like that, revving engines and stuff like that. And if this was, again, something that was going on at 1 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning or was going on for a sustained period of time, hours and hours, boom, 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 I get it. But it's the 4th of July, for goodness sakes. Why do we have all these fun suckers out there who are determined to do anything they possibly can in order to... Well, I don't know. Take the pleasure out of it. This is like the people, it's like the sparkler police, the people who call the cops on their neighbors on the 4th of July and say, you know, they're they're playing with sparklers in the back there. Here's a text. It's a complete overreaction. I would protest the ticket. The neighbors want to suck the life out of the 4th of July, should be ashamed of themselves. And it's a nasty ticket. Like I say, Greenfield, they, they, they ended up upping the ticket. They could have given the guy a $25 ticket, but apparently because he had been warned in years past, I might have said this was the first year he did it in greenfield this is actually the, the third year he, he did it so they decided we're going to make an example of him because he refuses to stop doing this 414-799-1620 deb in greenfield deb your neck of the woods good afternoon
1: yeah um we're actually his neighbors and um we've never had a problem we've never really noticed our windows rattling or anything like that? I know people further down are the ones who are having problems. But, I mean, he's got them on display. They're pretty cool looking. They are historic. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of contact with them, but when we do, very nice man. Uh, good family. We've lived here for 28 years. And um, I, I don't really see anything wrong with it. He does have a lot of people in his cul-de-sac who come out to watch it. Yeah. Um you know, it's it's a cool thing. I mean...
0: Well, well and also, it, it only lasts... I mean, it, it. so you're saying, I mean, you live behind this. Do, do you even yeah. hear the cannons go off?
1: We did not. We actually did not hear them the last couple times, and we're in our house sometimes. Right. But this year, um, our neighbor ran out and yelled, hey, he's, he's doing the cannon, and we <laughs> ran out. And we, we got there just as the last one went off. And we lived right behind
0: him. Right. So, well, but right, and, and, but am I right? I mean, this, I mean, the description is it's 15 to 30 seconds. It's boom, 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 boom. It's not like it's going on for a couple hours in the middle of the no. night.
1: No, it's one after the other, and it's pretty cool. And this past year, he actually had a veteran who um, set it off. I, if I can remember, he said he was in a wheelchair, and the police waited until after it was fired to go up and give him a ticket because they didn't want to stop the guy from firing him.
0: <laughs> so so we, we'll wait, we'll let him do it, and then we'll give him a ticket that the city ups to yeah. $3,000. They, they were trying to find this guy $3,000 for doing yeah. it. Um,
1: yes, yeah. and they were going to take him to court and everything else. I haven't talked to him in a, in a few months, but, yeah, they actually, apparently, from the story I was told was that they actually waited until <laughs> he was done firing because, like I said, it was a veteran in a wheelchair, who was going to set it off, and they, the police didn't want to interfere with them doing that, but
0: then they gave them the kickback. Well, Deb, I, I, one thing you should be comfortable with is apparently in Greenfield, you don't have any sort of larger problems than descending on this guy on the 4th of July yeah, for this exactly. thing. And
1: like I said, it's harmless. It's a harmless e-
0: thing. Yeah, well, right. Thanks for calling. And apparently, what, what, what I understand is he, he has decreased the amount of powder in the charge to try to muffle the sound a little bit. But look, I mean, I understand. It, it, it's a cannon. It makes noise. Boom, 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 boom. On the 4th of July. Here's an issue. Here's a text. Chuck says, Jeff. I live in Greenfield, although not near this person. I live in an area with lots of families and teenagers. Trust me, there's a lot of fireworks going off for a week before, and a couple days after the 4th of July, they are extremely loud, and nobody has gotten a ticket for doing that. Well, see, that's, I guess, you know, my, my question is, Look, I I will tell you something. And and again, if if you want to be a fun sucker, I feel that the – I would much rather, if if the situation is something about noise – I would much rather have the police, if this is the choice. I mean, I, I'd much rather have the police going after the, the parties where you've got the kids that are blowing off firecrackers and M80s and whatever and making all sorts of noise, you know, after dark, maybe when people are getting ready and thinking about sleeping, than I would somebody shooting off, you know, this cannon, which is 15 to 30 seconds period. They wanted to fine him $3,000, for goodness sakes. $3,000. Here's a text. Come on, people, let the guy have some fun. It's the 4th of July. I would rather hear the boom um, that reminds me that we won. The fine is way, way, way out of line. Okay, here's somebody. It says, fireworks. I hate them, and I've begun to hate the 4th of July, too. My little dog has to take meds, and it still has a very hard time. goes on for a week or so before or a week after. I think of all the other animals, too. It's terrible. All right, well, that, to me, is an argument that's an argument for, all right, maybe we should discontinue fireworks because, again, I know that there's all sorts of animals out there. I know that there's small children who end up getting upset when they hear those fireworks and the things like that that are out there. So maybe that's if that's the concern that we're, you know, we, we don't like to have all the noise. Maybe that's an argument for, I don't know, discontinuing fireworks as opposed to this for Again, a 15-second period of time. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Cindy in Milwaukee. Cindy, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Hi. Go ahead. You're on the air.
2: Okay. Uh, I just want to say that when this went off the last couple years, I've been in my sister's house who is in Greenfield mm-hmm. and just about a block or so away from their house. And when they go off... The, I mean, it does startle you, mm-hmm. and it does kind of shake the walls a little bit. And the concern some of the people have is for the um, their their foundation.
0: Well, okay, they don't to so end
2: up with cracks in yeah. their foundation because of because it is shaking the walls.
0: Right. Well, so now I got to let you go. You're, you're, you've got the thing. We're on a seven second delay, and you've got me on in the background. So, I, I, I the, the story in the at least so far there's nobody there there's nobody that says that these the that, that this has there, there's nobody that makes a valid claim at least so far that the, these boom 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 booms are causing any sort of significant damage to foundations and my guess is that the noise that's generated by the these four brief cannon shots are probably less than peals of thunder and probably less than a lot of area fireworks that end up getting shot off. Now, if, I mean, I guess anybody can say, oh, the, the house shook a little bit. Well, I, I don't know. Sometimes my house shakes when there's big monster peals of thunder and things like that. I, I don't know that anybody seriously suggests that there's any traceable sort of evidence of damage to foundations. And if the foundation is so fragile that this brief period of noise can cause it, my guess is that there's a lot of bigger problems that are going on. Look, the bottom line is, I, I think at some point in time, you, you have to stop being a fun sucker, and you've got a handful of people out there, and I understand they they, they don't want to be disturbed. Oh, you know, my my, my children were, were scared because they heard the booms. Well, all right, are your children scared of the fireworks? Are your children scared of thunder? At some point in time, I mean, can't you all get along? And in this particular situation, to try to impose a $3,000 fine tells me that priorities, at least in my opinion, are way out of whack in Greenfield. And maybe you'd be better off concentrating your resources on making sure that, I don't know, people don't have their packages stolen from their porches or that people aren't bringing in prostitutes who are going to then commit armed robberies. I'm just saying, if you want to commit resources, the cannon guy seems to be, well, about the least potential problem. 1229, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1236, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. The reason I don't spend as much time on the government shutdown and the wall and President Trump's speech and the reaction of Democrats is that that's the kind of take that you can pretty much get anywhere. And honestly, there, there's some issues that I feel really, really strongly about. And there's other issues that it just, it, it makes me just want to bang my head against the microphone. And, and this happens to be one of these issues. Let us be honest here. The, the government shutdown, and if the government shutdown continues through the end of this week, it will be the longest government shutdown in the history. Of the United States. Now, that's a little bit misleading because back in 95 96, that, that government shutdown involved the entire government except for essential uh, services. In this particular case, you have a lot of agencies that have been funded. So it's only a partial government shutdown, but nevertheless, it is a government shutdown. In most of the cases of the other government shutdowns, too, the, the the disagreement between either the White House and Congress or different parts of Congress or whatever were over issues of principle with regard to, to spending. We're spending too much on this. No, you're not spending a, enough. This really isn't about spending per se. This is about government, uh, President Trump being able to fulfill his campaign promise about wanting to build a wall or a fence or whatever uh, along the border. Now, I I think just to kind of lead into this and to try to have an intelligent conversation about this, what we need to do is you need to understand the types, the the amount of money involved. Right now, the, the federal budget, the federal budget for the next fiscal year is going to be 4.4 trillion dollars. Now that's that's a mind-boggling number. But but that's it that's a lot that's a lot of zeros. 4.4 trillion dollars. Mandatory spending 2.7 trillion, discretionary spending 1.3 trillion Interest on the national debt, three hundred and sixty-three, be as in billion dollars. Now I bring that up just to put it in perspective. That given all the money that we're talking about, five billion dollars, one way or the other. And I understand that sounds silly, but five billion dollars in comparison to a, a a overall budget of four point four trillion is. Again, it's taking a deck chair, and it's throwing it off the deck of the Titanic. I'm not trying to minimize the effect of $5 billion, but in the overall scheme of things, we're not talking about a big line item expense one way or or the other. $5 billion is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but you know we're shutting down, again, the government. It's sort of like saying, all right, we're going to chop the person's head off because they got a splinter in their thumb. So, this isn't about the wall. Let's just put that out there. I don't believe for one minute that this is about the wall. This is about, on the one hand, you know, President Trump's been talking about this being his campaign promise, that we would build this physical barrier along the the border. And his supporters have taken him at his word, and now he feels that he has to deliver. I do think that there is an element, and I'm not sure I agree with the president on this, but I do think that there is an element, or the president, of people who believe that, well, yes, it really does have a lot to do with border security. I am a bit of a skeptic about that, because it seems to me a wall or a big fence that's kind of like, you know, 18th or 19th century technology. When we talked about it the other day, somebody said, well, you know, we're trying to interdict drugs. And I'm saying, hey, you know, I, you're talking to a guy who was chasing drug dealers in the 80s when all this cocaine was just pouring into this country from uh, Latin America, South America, and it, it was coming in in planes. A wall wouldn't have stopped that. People were flying in. It was coming in, at you know, boats and things like that. So as far as like interdicting drugs and stuff, I'm a little bit of a skeptic because where there is a will, there is a way. At the same time, I think, uh, I mean, a, a physical barrier doesn't strike me as being completely unreasonable, not across the entire border. That just doesn't make any sense. There's areas where. That nobody can come across just because of the nature of the terrain. There's areas that go through people's private backyards. Well, you're not going to be able to take that property. So I I guess this whole issue of the wall, to me, isn't about do you build a wall? It's about who wins. Do the Democrats in Congress say we're not going to give any sort of win to President Trump? Or does President Trump Back down and then risk uh, again being shown up by the resistance—the people who've never, you know, wanted to see his presidency succeed in, in the beginning. So, against that backdrop, looking at the longest partial government shutdown in history, the president gives about a ten-minute address on national TV last night. Now, this national TV address—it was fascinating to. You know, watch the, the lead-up to this, all the hand-wringing. Well, you know, are, are we going to have the fact-checkers that are going to be out, and are we going to give, you know, added time and response time, and what about Trump? Trump's going to be lying about this or lying about that or whatever. This is my take on what happened last night. I actually thought that the president was remarkably restrained. I mean, I think he kind of stayed on message. He made his point that the wall is important to be tied into border security. I thought... um that, that rebuttal by Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, that even in the mainstream media is getting panned. They're, they're saying it kind of looked like the, like the American gothic thing, you know, with the farmer and his wife that were, were standing there. And I mean, I guess a lot on social media are saying it looked like they were both kind of standing side by side and sort of being held hostage and being told not to blink and all. But, but this is, is where we stand. Our number is 414-799-1620. That's the Accurate Mortgage talk and text line. I really, again, I think this wall, one way or another, has sort of taken up outside import, an outer, outsized importance, regardless, regarding what it, it can and cannot accomplish. At the same time, given, given the amount of money that we are talking about, and given that we're not talking about 20 billion or 50 billion or whatever, I think, I think at the end of the day, Despite the best efforts in the, of the Democrats and despite the best efforts of the mainstream media to uh, again paint President Trump as being crazy on this, I think more and more Americans are are going to come around to President Trump's way of thinking, and if. If, if we need to have a couple billion dollars to start building a fence in certain areas or continue some of the fencing that's going on, keep in mind a lot of the Democrats in Congress, you know, back in, you know, a decade ago actually voted for, you know, building some sort of fencing there. At this point in time, I think it is important for people to compromise. And if that means, all right, we're going to take. billion. We're going to put $3 billion on the table and we're going to say we're going to commit that to, along with everything else, helping build a better border wall or some fencing. That, to me, is the answer allow both people to win, both sides to win. We didn't give the president, you know, his $5 billion. And the president gets to say, well, I got some money to build a fence. Isn't that the way the silly thing should resolve itself? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. I, I think, you know, if everybody talks about compromise, to me, this is an easy answer to this. I, I, I think... This isn't about the wall anymore. This is about are the Democrats in the House going to win? Is Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi going to win? Is the resistance going to win? And on the president's side, it's, you know, is President Trump going to win? To me, this is an easy compromise and it's way past time to see it. I actually think the president did a pretty good job last night in communicating that message. And I think the president came across a lot better than Schumer and Pelosi. And this comes from the perspective of somebody who, as you know, has not been hesitant to criticize the president from time to time. But I just think it's time for this thing to end, and the easy solution is you meet in the middle. 414-799-1620. Who did the better job last night, and what should we do? We discuss. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 1245. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1248, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. I'm sorry. that This is just the whole thing is frustrating to me. This isn't about a wall anymore. Let's just be honest with it. It's about a president who made campaign promises about wanting to build a wall that Mexico would pay for. And it's about Democrats in the House who are all about the resistance, and they don't want to do anything that's going to give President Trump any sort of thing that looks like he's got a victory. So instead of simply, for example, meeting in the middle and saying, all right, we don't care whether you call it a wall or whatever, we're in favor of border security, we'll give you $3 billion more, and some of that can be used for fencing, and the president's saying, okay, I, I've got something. No, Nobody is willing to move an inch. And this silly government shutdown that does have real-world consequences goes on and on and on. All right, before the calls, here's some texts. Uh, Mike, I agree with you, Jeff. The shutdown is just about what party looks worse coming out of it. Simple as that. Here's another text. Here's a thought. Instead of a wall that needs to span almost 2,000 miles, and by the way, $5 billion doesn't build a 2,000-mile wall. Um, why not build checkpoints at closer intervals along the borderline, monitor it with patrols, sonar, radar, and drones? Drones shouldn't cost that that much. I don't disagree with any of that. Um, I have only one. Here's another text. When is our government going to get it together and starts doing best for the people and not their parties, whether it's a wall or a better form of security? Um, yeah. Here's another text. Negotiating 101. Always give your opponent an out and a way to save face. If Trump were to offer something on immigration reform or DACA, he would have his wall money in a heartbeat. I don't know about that, but that's another thing to put on the table. Further, why he waited to negotiate until the Democrats had the majority in the House is bewildering. Regardless of who it's fault for the shutdown, I don't think the president has played his cards right. Well, the president has backed himself into a corner. Here's my favorite text of the hour so far. Wagner is spineless. <laughs> okay, all right. That that that's it. You're spineless because you're trying to come up with a common sense way to uh, again let everybody get out of this and let people go on with their business. Dan on the South Side. Dan, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey,
3: Dan. It's Osanya uh, Sal. Hi, Dan. Um, the thing is, I agree with. Uh, I don't agree with neither Nancy or uh, Trump on the speech. I didn't. I didn't agree with them. On it. On the other part, what you have said, mm-hmm. drugs, immigrants, they're coming from all directions. They're coming from planes. Yep. Drugs coming from planes. So it comes all the way around. On the other part of this, on the other part of this, to get the government back in the running. Do you know how to do it? How do we do it? And you're going to make it foolish, and everything. but I would give travel controllers and at ATA and a at, and uh, custom uh, guys three-day uh, note to the public.
0: And then shut the whole shut the airport down. Just shut it down. Well, the I mean that I mean thanks for, You know, it, I'm going to tell a story a little bit a little bit later. I had some dealings with uh, the Social Security Administration today, and and actually they were very very good dealings. I don't. I mean, I it was very very positive. But I remember I, I one of the things my wife and I had a telephone appointment with Social Security today, and I was I, one of my big questions is because see, in previous shutdowns they they've laid off or they furloughed. The vast majority of Social Security workers um, today. Th- this this shutdown is different. Um, no, and we went ahead and had the meeting, and the phone call came when the phone call was supposed to come. But but yes, if you really did want to, here, here's what's going to happen. This shutdown ends when it starts affecting a lot of people. Right now, that's not going on, and, and, and you're correct, right? If this if this had airports shut down. It would if air traffic controllers were laid off. Right. It it would have it would have more of an impact. But I mean, right now. And don't get me wrong. I understand for a lot of people there is starting to be an impact. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. But I, I guess at the end of the day. This is one of these things that it just as I started off the segment it makes me want to bang my head against the microphone because this is this is one where there's an easy compromise. I mean you're you're talking about one spending item which reasonable people on on both sides i'm not a huge fan of the wall as i've said it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but i also appreciate that there's a lot of people who disagree with me on this and we do have physical barriers along portions of the border and that's something that both parties have supported in the past and the truth is $5 5 billion or 4 billion or 3 billion dollars that's not going to build a whole wall but it does i guess give funding to put some more barriers along some of the areas where you think it's going to be important do i think a wall stops all sorts of illegal immigration of, of course not at the same time do do i think a physical barrier makes sense well sure that's why you have All right. You know, you you go you look at Miller Park. All right. There's there's only certain entry points that you can go through and you have to have tickets that go in there. All right. That if Miller Park were just completely open and you didn't have any sort of barriers and you didn't have any physical surroundings, well, my guess is you'd have all sorts of people who didn't have tickets that would be pouring in perhaps a poor analogy but I mean physical barriers funneling people through areas where you can check whether or not they're legitimately entitled to be there that makes an element of sense to me I mean is it again the absolute is it going to stop illegal drug trafficking is it going to stop the planes well of course not it's not going to do that either but I don't think it's completely and totally ridiculous I also think that you know you have to keep in mind how much money that you're going to spend on it but this this whole thing Whether you are a supporter of President Trump or whether you are a hater of President Trump, the whole thing, again, it's not about the wall anymore. It's about who wins, who loses, who saves face. And I guess it's disappointing to me that that we can't work something like this out because the solution seems to me to be so obvious. Having said that, I thought the president did a a pretty good job yesterday of making the case why he believes that the wall is related to border security. I thought Pelosi and Schumer, again, they kind of had this sort of look in their face. They they looked to me like, well, the descriptions on the Internet are kind of like it was a hostage video. I don't know if that's necessarily fair, but but the bottom Bottom line is, you know, where are the grown-ups for goodness sakes? And, you know, why aren't they coming out? There are compromises that are here that could allow everybody to go away and claim victory. And isn't that what it's all about at the end? 1255, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Hey, when we come back, we are going to talk about an aspect of the shutdown that I think needs to be discussed. And that is federal employees starting to go without paychecks and If it's not nailed down, they are stealing it in Cudahy. Stick around. It's 108, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. When we talked about this months ago, I predicted it was going to end in a lawsuit. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. All right, let us review the bidding. I'll tell you about the latest developments, and then we're going to open up the phone lines. Here's the way the Journal Sentinel reported this incident um, in coverage last August. And it goes back to an event in May, but here's what they wrote. Friends and fellow Baptist ministers, Demetrius Williams and John Patterson, had squeezed out some time from their busy schedules one May morning to go fishing in Jefferson County. On the way, now both of these are African American ministers. They're both African American. On their way home to Milwaukee around noon, a tire on Patterson's boat trailer went flat. He pulled his Chevy Silverado to the shoulder of Interstate 94 in Brookfield and called his insurance company, who said a tow truck would be out to install a spare in about 30 or 40 minutes. Okay, so two guys are coming back. They've been fishing. Tire blows out on one of the trailers. They pull to the side of the road. They do not call 911. They call their insurance company. The insurance company says, okay, we'll we'll send somebody out to fix the flat. So the car is sitting side of the road on the freeway this is let's continue the report traffic was whizzing by and both men said they felt relief when a waukesha county sheriff's patrol car pulled up behind them we thought maybe he was going to put out some cones or something says one deputy eric michelson gets out asks if they had called for a squad they say no we would called our insurer uh, help is on the way Then the men say, the deputy asked, do you have any guns or drugs in the vehicle? They said, no, we're both pastors. Next, the deputy asked for both men's driver's licenses, which he said was standard procedure. He then returned the licenses about 10 minutes later, slapped an orange sticker on the boat, and then left. All right. So the pastors go public with this. They say, we're pastors driving home from fishing, and yet we're treated with suspicion when we should have been offered assistance. We were just stranded, and instead of help, they got background checked and treated like criminals because we're African-American men. All right, that's what the story was. The The sheriff at the time essentially said, there's, there's nothing to, to see here. Deputy coming along, finds a car, you know, pulled over to the side of the road. Pulls over, checks on him, says, Hey, did you call nine one? Did you ask for a squad? They say, No, no, we, we've already called for our insurer insurance company. Health is on help is on the way. Deputy asks, Do you have guns or drugs? That apparently is a standard sort of question. Deputy takes their identification, goes back, checks it out. Everything checks out. He returns it, and he then puts a sticker, this orange sticker. And the reason you put orange stickers on these cars is it tells other sheriff's department or highway patrol people that the car has been checked out so you don't have to stop. That's what they do with the orange stickers. And then the sheriff's deputy goes on his way. That was the story at the time. We discussed it. Well, now... News is, here's the latest report, this is breaking news, two African-American church ministers who say they were racially profiled on the way home from fishing last year have sued Waukesha County and two sheriff's deputies on claims of violating their civil rights. Um, they then go through the description. The allegation is, had plaintiffs both been white, this would not have happened, the lawsuits uh, allege. Uh, the sheriff, again, has responded that the concerns were investigated. There was no ra- evidence race factored into this and that the deputies didn't violate any policy training or procedures. Uh, today, this group Common Ground staged another news conference to announce the lawsuit and the results of their investigation. Uh, we want to let people know we don't just have to take this treatment. All right. that is the Acinet mortgage talk and text line. The allegations, let's see, say their rights were violated. Instead of treating plaintiffs as needing help per se, per the disabled vehicle policy, deputies intentionally, knowingly, and recklessly questioned them about guns and drugs, demanded their driver's licenses, ran warrant checks without any reasonable suspicion of any criminal wrongdoing. All right, the lawsuit demands... A recognition that the deputies were not only legally, but were morally wrong. All right, 414-799-1620. There's the acunet mortgage talk and text line. So the guys are driving on the freeway. They are African-American. They have a blowout. They pull their car over to the side of the road. They call not 911, not the police. They call their insurance company. They say, hey, we've got this blowout. The insurance company says help is on the way. A sheriff's deputy. Sees this disabled car by the side of the road, pulls over, goes up, asks them if they have called, um, asks them if they have called the sheriff's department or the highway patrol. They say, no, we've called our insurance company. They're sending somebody out here to check it out. Sheriff's deputy says, do you have contraband in the car? They say, no, doesn't ask to search the car or anything, takes their IDs, runs it, brings it back, gives it to them, puts an orange sticker on, and goes on his way. All right. Does it sound like they were their constitutional rights were violated. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That is the accident Mortgage Talk and Text line. Should the deputies have done something else? And again, keep in mind when they orig- when the deputies originally approached this car, that they, they do ask, "Hey, did you call nine one? Did you call the sheriff's department? Did you call patrol?" And they are the deputy is told, "No, we've already called our insurance company. Essentially, we don't need help. They're they're already coming." All right, 414-799-1620, does this strike you as being, I don't know, a violation of civil rights because of race? Let's start with Chris in Milwaukee. Chris, you're on WTMJ.
3: Hey, Jeff. Good afternoon to you. Hi, Chris. You know, the exact same thing happened to me, even as a truck driver, happened when I was broken down on the side. Cop came over. Talked to me for a few minutes, asked me what was going on. They didn't ask me if I called 911 or anything because I didn't. Uh, they grabbed my license, asked me pretty much the same questions, if I had any weapons, drugs, alcohol,
4: whatever.
0: So, you, so let me ask you this. So you were at, so you're stopped, you're broken down on the road, the police officer comes up, and in addition to taking your license, they did ask you if you had guns or alcohol or any contraband in the car. Correct. You were asked that. Okay. All right. So yeah. then, what then? What happens?
3: The only thing different, you know, they did what they do to, you know, let the other cops and all that drive by. You know that it, right? You know, already been checked. And the only thing they didn't do was put an orange stick around the truck. Okay. On my, on my commercial vehicle that I was driving at the time.
0: Okay, but besides that, the way and, and am I fair to assume, Chris, that you're a white guy? Correct. Okay. So aside from. The the and the my understanding is the reason they put the orange sticker sticker is it's just a it, it's a visual signal to somebody else the car has been checked out you don't need to stop but aside from that sticker the way you were treated is exactly the same as the way the, these two African American pastors were treated
3: the exact same way
0: got it okay thanks for the call we'll be back with more in just a minute 414-799-1620 that's the Aiken Mortgage Talk and Text line the, the the sheriff's department says this this is standard procedure this is how we handle these type of matters uh, does it sound like civil rights were violated or is this well an effort to perhaps win a legal lottery 414-799-1620 we continue the conversation in just a moment 116 Jeff Wagner WTMJ 119 jeff wagner wtmj Brittany in milwaukee Brittany, you're on wtmj
5: hi um what i think about it you know the same thing happened to us before we were on the highway and the sheriff came and they asked us if we had guns or weapons and they actually towed our car and i think it's like ridiculous because you know the cops have a hard job as it is they don't know what's what anymore Mm -hmm. so for them to ask that it's just procedure i feel i think it's bad They have a lawsuit, and they're taking away from people that really
0: need a lawsuit. Uh, okay, so Brittany, let, let me back up here. You are you are a a, a Caucasian woman. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you you're broken down on the side of the road. The police come up and they ask you whether or not you've got guns or drugs or oh, what drugs in the car. And they actually,
5: searched us. Yeah, they actually took us out of the car and searched us, and we had our toll coming, and they said it was taking too long, so they had their own and we had to get our car out the toll lot and everything i mean we had our license we had insurance and they still did that
0: okay so i assume the police that did, did they check your licenses and your identity and and run your yes. run your names all that sort of stuff
5: yes and to make make sure we didn't have warrants and they did all
0: that to us um okay and and you and again you're let's you 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 were a white woman and you were treated in this particular fashion
5: yes i think you know it's just their procedure they have a hard job as it is you know the city it's better because of the police i mean they don't know what's what anymore it's everything that's happening but so i just think it's a little ridiculous i mean it's not like they pulled them out threw them to the ground and searched them they just did a procedure that they're supposed to do
0: right No. Th- thanks for the call i appreciate it and, and see that's what the sheriff says the sheriff said look this is what we do now the other thing that's important at least really struck out for me is that they, the 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 ministers the people who were stopped didn't ask for help they didn't say hey can you call us a tow truck or whatever they said All right, we've already we we haven't called nine one one, we haven't called law enforcement, but we've called for a tow truck. Somebody is on the way. So it's not like they asked for help And we're told no, well, we're we're not going to give you help. You're you're African American ministers. They said we don't need help. So then the officer said, okay, fine. Do you have do you have guns? Do you have drugs? They oh well we're 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 black ministers. How dare you ask that? Well, at least our first two callers who have been in similar situations say that this is what happened to them, and and they weren't African American, and they weren't ministers. They were just asked as part of standard protocol. That's what the sheriff says happens as well. And then, again, checking identities, that's apparently standard protocol. The orange sticker is to alert other police that, hey, this car is already checked. You don't need to stop again because it's been checked. And they turned down, they said they didn't need help. Peter on the south side. Peter, you're on WTMJ.
3: Yeah, this happened to me, too, with uh, four other people, my brother, sister-in-law, and two of their friends. Blew a tire, had no way of getting the tire off, called AAA. Pulled over, no big deal. Jefferson County Sheriff's Department shows up. They're like, uh, did you call us? No. We have a flat tire. We have AAA on the way. No problem. He goes, "Can uh, do you have a license and registration? He checked everybody's license and registration, asked if we had guns, drugs, anything in the car. I said no. He even asked if he would mind patting me down. I was like, no, go ahead. And I am a, at that time, I was probably 30, 31, and I am a white male.
0: Okay, so your treatment here was the same you, you got the treatment from the Jefferson authorities that was identical to what happened to the black ministers, except you also got patted down. Correct. Okay. Did it strike you as being improper or anything, or did it seem like, okay, this guy's just doing his job?
3: I figured he was just doing his job, and believe it or not, it was a black officer that did this to me.
0: Okay, good enough. Thanks and for,
3: I give him all the credit in the world to uh, keep checking their back and watching what they
0: have to do okay thanks the call Well, first three callers right out of the box say hey look this this same thing has happened to us we're not black we're white and this is the standard procedure that they appear to follow but yet there's a lawsuit being filed today that declares this procedure to be not only legally wrong but morally wrong as well huh that's an interesting premise james in milwaukee james you're on wtmj good afternoon
3: yeah, good afternoon. It sounds like different strokes for different folks. I don't know. Uh, I pulled on the side of the road already out in the country and ha- being in a company vehicle, not allowed to smoke, so I'd stop and have a cigarette. Well, lo and behold, county cop came along, asked me if everything was okay, and I, I explained the situation. And he checked me out, asked for my driver's license, ran me through the system, and uh, everything was good to go. And he let me go. You know, they—they're just doing their job. They don't know who's in that car. It could be anybody. You say you're a pastor and might have just robbed a gas station or something. You know, who knows?
0: Well, well, right. And it's, and it's not because you're you're white or you're black or you're green or you're blue. It's just part of their procedure. Now, no thanks thanks for the call. And this, I guess that's what struck me. I mean, I I. I have to tell you, I'm a little bit surprised that this has gone to a lawsuit because I, I understand that there's people who want to get attention and I understand that sometimes when you play the race card, you think that there's money that's going to be involved in this. But I gotta tell you, I thought this was a nothing burger months ago and I, I think, I still think it's, it's a nothing burger absent some indication that these men were treated differently than other people have been treated and we just first four calls out of the box say all right this is you know this is what happened to us all right here's uh, from jim i'm a former law enforcement officer the officer acted completely as required by standard procedure. Um, yes. Um, here's another text. Uh, let's see. Uh, sounds like a couple of crybabies trying to make money off the system. It's part of public safety in today's world. People simply need to deal with this. All right. Another text. This isn't an example of racism. It's merely illustrating the big contrast in the ability of law enforcement officers in Waukesha County to keep up with their proactive. Duties to try to head off crime, unlike the overburdened ones in areas of Milwaukee who can't even timely respond to carjacking. So I mean, I just think it's it's kind of the standard sort of thing that that goes on. This is the procedure that you have. All right, what's going on? Is there a problem here? all right, since I'm going to be dealing with you, I'm trying to protect myself. Is there contraband here? Is there guns or drugs? Okay, it's not like they made these guys get out of the car and they searched them or anything. We've had callers that said that's what they did to them. They asked to pat them down. They didn't ask to do that. They get the identification. They run it. They say there's nothing to see here. Thank you, sir. You know, have a nice day. All right, and and this is now the subject of a lawsuit. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you something. This is one where I hope Waukesha ends up sticking to its guns and not simply saying, "Well, gee, we're afraid of the publicity that we're going to get because unless there is more, unless there's something else, some huge smoking gun that's out there, given you know remarks that the man allegedly said or something like that, if this is just all it is, hey what's going on here? Have you called for help? Who are you? Can I see some identification? Um do you have guns or drugs in the car?" Thank you, sir. Go on your way. Unless it is something more than that, I hope Waukesha spends the money it's going to take to fight a case like this, because this one strikes me as, again, absent something more, is, is as being, well, I didn't understand the outrage months ago. I don't understand the basis for the lawsuit now. 127, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 134 Jeff Wagner WTMJ a couple people texting me saying wasn't well, it a waste of time to ask people if they have guns or drugs in in the car because doesn't everybody say no even if they do and my response to that would be you would be surprised at, at how many people um, who, who are carrying contraband acknowledge that contraband or at the very least, become extremely flustered, and maybe it's a basis for, I mean, it's an investigative technique. But I mean, the reason, particularly, you ask about guns is, you know, you, you want to know, does somebody have a gun there? So if you could be at danger, and if they lie to you, they, they lie to you. But again, I, I don't think it's racially biased to, ask somebody hey do you, do you have you got a gun in the car I mean that's and that's I think the cops do that on a regular basis a follow-up to a story we talked about very briefly yesterday that the Golden Globes were Sunday night I did not watch the Golden Globes I don't know what was on I know it's the it's the 20th anniversary of the start of the sopranos the HBO the revolutionary TV series and on HBO they're showing, or at least one of the HBOs, they're showing all six seasons of The Sopranos. And I was watching that on, on Sunday night. Uh, tonight is the the sixth season. So I, 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 I was kind of binge watching that, even though I've seen a lot of the episodes before. But I missed the Golden Globes. But I went back and I I, I looked at some of the film footage afterwards. And the big story coming out of the Golden Globes is that you have everybody that walks You know, all the the celebrities, they walk up the red carpet and they sit and they pose and they show the, you know, the women show their dresses and things like that. And the big story was Fiji Water, which is just it's a brand of of bottled water. They had hired um, one particular model. And kind of put her in a sort of low cut blue dress. And they had her standing there with a silver platter full of, of Fiji water. And she photo pretty much all of, of these celebrities. And, and that's all everybody was talking about. They weren't talking about the celebrities. They were talking about the, the Fiji water girl. Well, the, the follow up is Jamie Lee Curtis. And by the way, I, I like, I've liked Jamie Lee Curtis ever since, ever since Halloween and trading places and all that. Well, she is, she's angry. She's mad. That she got photobombed. She's upset with the uh, that she's not falling for the company's blatant promotion. She slammed Fiji Water after she discovered one of the Fiji Water girls made it into one of her red carpet photos. Um, she said, I, "I was trying to move away so I wouldn't be part of this publicity stunt, but they they got me anyways, and I'm mad about it." Oh my goodness, heaven forbid, one of these holiday ce- Hollywood celebrity types are upset that they got caught up in a publicity stunt. When they were showing up on the red carpet, walking for the Golden Globes award, oh my goodness gracious! Actually, I think it was a pretty creative sort of thing that, that Fiji did, and they obviously, you know, cut a deal with the uh, Golden Globes, and I'm sure paid a whole bunch of money to get that kind of access. And I, I think they deserve, I don't know, some credit for being creative. And my response to Jamie Lee Curtis, so like I said, I, I like as an actress. Um, my response would be. A publicity stunt that you ended up being the quote unquote victim of Oh oh absolutely the horror lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. All right. I if you I say this at the start of the show, if you want to kind of get a handle on some of the things that we're going to do over the course of the show and some of the stories that I look at, you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Jeff Wagner six twenty. I let me start off by saying I I understand that Federal employees aren't necessarily the most sympathetic figures. I, I understand that sometimes people think government employees have it really cushy and they're overpaid and have too many benefits and all that. I, I get it. I have a slightly different perspective because I, I worked for uh, 12, 13 years in the U.S. Attorney's Office. So, I mean, I, I was a federal employee myself, and just like, My experience in the private sector has been where you have really, really good, hardworking employees, and you have lemons. In the federal government, you have lots and lots of really good, hardworking employees, and you have a couple lemons. Now, the difference between, at least based on my experience, the difference between the public sector and the private sector is in the public sector, it's almost impossible to squeeze those lemons it's almost impossible to get rid of them. Um, in the private sector, not so much so. People who aren't cutting the mustard are gone. But that—that's—that's that's a very, very small percentage of of the workforce, either in the public sector or the private sector. Well, for the last several weeks, there has been a partial government shutdown, and what that means is there are about eight hundred thousand federal workers who are caught up in this. Several hundred thousand of them have been furloughed. In other words, they've been told not to come in. So they're, they're not working. Several other hundred thousand federal workers are in fact working, but they're not going to be paid. And this is the week that the, the paychecks hit. The, the paydays are, are, are different days. But this is the way the paychecks hit. Um, most of these workers If you're furloughed, for the vast majority, Friday is payday. And it it varies a little bit, but for most of them, Friday is payday. So you're going to have a whole bunch of workers who have been involuntarily furloughed who aren't going to get paid, and you have a number of people who have been working but who aren't going to get paid. Now, in previous shutdowns, The workers who have been furloughed, who haven't showed up, they've gotten back pay anyway, so it's turned out to be, you know, paid vacation. Um, I I don't think there's any way in the world that the people who've worked aren't going to be paid, but at the same time, I mean, uh, they're, they're not being paid, and that means that if you are a worker who is working, living from paycheck to paycheck, if you've got you know rent that's due if you've got a mortgage that's due if you've got a car payment that's due if you've got a student loan payment that's due if you've got a credit card bill that is due etc cetera, etc cetera, and you live paycheck to paycheck and that paycheck that gets deposited into your bank account on Friday that's going to be the one that's going to be used to make these various payments well you you you've got a you've got to you know move to plan B now for a lot of people that that's not necessarily an issue cuz i understand there's a lot of us and i happen to be one who i've reached a point in my life where i i don't live paycheck to paycheck all right i so i could could i could i survive if all of a sudden you, you weren't being paid on a particular date well the answer is is yes but I also recognize that I'm in perhaps a different situation. But even though I'm in perhaps a different situation of not having to live paycheck to paycheck, you know, if I'd been working for the last two weeks and Friday rolls around and they say, sorry, you know, you're not going to get paid. I got to tell you, I would not be a very happy camper. Moreover, I just don't think it is reasonable to expect people to number one, work Without getting their regular paycheck. I I just I think that that regardless of whether you want to blame Trump, President Trump or Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or whoever, regardless of who you want to blame, I think it is unreasonable to expect government employees to work without being paid and i think i would say the same thing to private and sector sector employees it's unreasonable to expect people to work and not be paid now the difference of course is in the private sector if if your paycheck is being delayed if you're not getting the money that more often than not means that your employer is in a lot of trouble they're not making payroll that's not really the concern here the federal government at some point in time is going to make good on on the money you're owed but still you know it's friday you're supposed to have that money that you're owed in your account and it's not there. 414-799-1620. That is the Acumen Mortgage Talk and Text line. Do federal employees who are either involuntarily furloughed through no doing of their wrongdoing of their own or who are working without a paycheck, do they have a legitimate beef? Do they have a right to be upset? Is this a reasonable way to treat people? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty again. I, I don't want to point blame in this segment of the conversation, but I'm trying to think if somebody told you, "Well, we expect you to come in and work." Grew, but by the way we we're, we're not going to pay you on the 15th. Uh we're not going to be we'll get it to you sometime, but you know, you're not going to get it on the 15th. Well, I is that a reasonable way to treat employees? 414-799-1620 we discuss in just a moment. 144 Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. One forty-six, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. I, you know, there, there's an old saying that when the elephants rumble, the grass gets stomped on, <laughs> and, and and that's what's going on with the, this whole budget mess and the government shutdown over the wall and things like that. And and one of the forgotten elements of this is the the, the workers, the the federal workers. Many of there's eight hundred thousand workers, many of whom I don't, I'm not going to say most, but many of whom like many of us live paycheck to paycheck and they've got expenses and you've got car payments and you've got mortgage payments and you've got child support payments and all these different types of things and you depend on that paycheck that comes in um, every two weeks federal government federal governments every two weeks or at least it, it used to be Friday is the first day and you're going to have a number of workers who are either fur- furloughed involuntarily so they're not going to get money or a number of people who've been working and they're not going to get paid either they're working without being paid and I guess, I, look, I, I don't care who you blame for the government shutdown. I'm just saying I think it is fundamentally wrong to expect particularly the people who are working without getting paid to not be paid. And I don't care if if they're going to go back and they're going to get their paychecks later on. I, that, that doesn't make any difference to me. If you're working, you should be paid. And government employee or private sector employee or whatever, if if that was you or me – I understand. I'd be upset. I expect that on the 15th and the last day of the month, there's going to be a paycheck that's deposited in my account. Jim and Krivitz. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Jim.
3: Uh, I, I was in a firm a while back, three years ago, when a senior partner died. And we had seven eight lawyers and the post-support staff and secretaries, and uh, we had a lot of expenses, and uh, I didn't take a check for like six months. And I was running the place. I was like in a command but about thirty years younger than the head guy and it was tough. And I think right. people it's a terrible thing not to pay people. I was paying I was paying the other people. Everybody got a check. And my wife said to What are you gonna get paid? And I said, eh, let me see. <laughs> but anyways, that's uh, too much pressure on people and tension on people. And I think the solution to this whole system, we had a law that it's not the government, the president doesn't get paid, his staff doesn't get paid. The, the congressmen don't get paid the senators don't get paid none of them get paid then it would probably reach a solution
0: well you you thanks you you would think but my guess is see the problem with that is my, my guess is for a lot not all but a lot a lot of the representatives not of the senators they they um they're probably more they're they're probably better able to go without being paid than you know one of the I don't know what one of the one of the workers who's who's there who's making who's who's netting six or seven hundred dollars you know every paycheck or something like that. I mean, look, looking, and it's just it's just fundamentally wrong. And in my opinion, no way to run a railroad to say to people that all right, we expect you to work, but you're not going to get paid, and, and even. If you say, well, don't worry, you know, you know that you're going to get your back pay. You'll get paid someday. Well, that that doesn't help when your your ex-wife is saying, where's the maintenance or where's the child support or your landlord is saying, hey, that that's great. But, you know, I, I need my rent money. I mean, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Tony in New Holstein. Tony, you're on WTMJ. Hey,
4: Jeff. How are you doing?
0: Real well. Thank you, sir.
4: So I don't claim to know too much about the ongoings of government, but I know that taxes are being taken out of my paycheck every week. Yep, that seems to be pretty easy for them to do. So how is it so difficult for somebody to just type in some numbers and push the submit button and get these people paid? It's not like the money's not there; they can easily just, you know, keep on paying them.
0: Well, well, right, You're right, They're right. We are, you know, you you raise an interesting point. Um, when when you get your paycheck, you know, Tony, whenever it's going to come Friday or, you know, whenever it is, there's still going to be money withheld from your paycheck. You are still paying the federal government money, which presumably some of which should go to pay these federal employees. Right. If we're not going to deduct the money, if we're not going to pay the federal employees, why should we have to be paying in right now?
4: That's all I'm saying. If the government shut down, I don't know why I keep paying tax.
0: Yeah. Thanks for calling. But again, it's just it's. And again, this is the big picture that I I understand we want to talk about that the larger things can who you know who saves face and the battle between the Republicans and the Democrats. And I I understand all that. That's on the one level. But there is as this shutdown goes on, if this were three or four days or a week or something, maybe not. But you're now looking at um, as of Saturday, if this isn't stopped by Saturday, it will be the longest in this case, government shutdown. It's a partial government shutdown, but it'll be the longest one in the history. And there, there is a face to this. And by the way, right now we're talking about federal employees. But I also understand that there's a number of other people who get economic hardship because, for example, if you have a – I don't know, if, if you have – If you deal with the federal government, let's say you're a vendor and you're dealing with one of these agencies that shut down. Well, you're not getting your bills paid. If you're somebody and we had somebody that called in the other day who said he was waiting for like grant approval or something like that. But the agency he deals with is shut down. Well, you're not getting paid. I I told this story at the beginning. I, I had a. My wife and I had a telephone appointment with Social Security this morning for something, and I was wondering, are are they going to call? And and actually, Social Security continues to be open. By the way, for for everybody that complains about the efficiency of government agencies, my dealings with Social Security, the Social Security Administration over the last couple of years, and I've had a few, has been nothing but outstanding, really just absolutely nothing but outstanding, and that was the way this morning's event was too. But I was sitting there wondering, I, I mean, if... Again, this was something that if if Social Security had been shut down, you know, it would have had a, a real dollar effect on my wife and I. And you know, would we have been able to survive? Well, well, yeah, but maybe somebody else wouldn't have been in that position. But the bottom line is, you know, federal employees, especially if you're working, you got to get paid. Dave in Grafton, Dave, you're on WTMJ.
6: Yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. I went through some of these furloughs uh, probably about the same time you did. Uh, you know, my duties were essential, or they were right. characterized as essential, so I was required to work. But our payroll clerks were not. And and just like <laughs> your caller said, uh, why can't they just punch the numbers in? There's no one there to punch the numbers in. You call headquarters, the phones go unanswered. Right. Um, the so, You know, the GS-5s and 7s that are processing the payroll, when I was there, people were worried if uh, – deductions were going to be taken out to continue your health insurance. Yep. So I, I totally agree. This is no way to treat the employees. And state government doesn't do it. County government does not do it. Municipal governments don't do it. This is an indication of the swamp at the federal government level. That if we had a budget, yep. this, could, this would not happen. The fact that they have not got their act together to even agree on a budget and they rely on these continuing resolutions, yeah. it, it, again, it's just systematic of the swamp
0: in Washington, D.C. You know, Dave, off and the it, top of my head, I don't even remember the last time when we actually had a budget. It's been these continuing resolutions, it seems like to me, forever.
6: And it, it's ridiculous. And and it continues because uh, of the way that the government is structured. Right. I, I went to a meeting one time with Ron Johnson,
0: right. and
4: he,
6: he said, don't depend on the federal government for anything. He says it is so ridiculous. He felt that one of his greatest things was try to limit the federal government's uh, participation in people's lives. He right. thought that was his mission there. And, and we stand for it. That's the problem.
0: Yeah. People, nope. No, I'm with you. No, thanks. For call. Again, I want to get a couple calls before I have to take a break. But I mean, this, this I want to put a real world face on this. And, and I, I understand that right now it's a relatively small number of people that are affected. But if, if you're one of those people, I mean, I, I ask you to personalize it, because if all of a sudden your boss came to you, and, and again, with the federal government, it's different In the private sector, if they're telling you they're not going to pay you, then all sorts of red flags should go up. Am I ever going to get paid? If you're in the federal government and you're working, you're going to get paid. I don't think they have to worry about it, but you don't know when you're going to get paid, and that's just fundamentally, I mean, not right. Bob in Waukesha. Bob, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
4: Yeah, Jeff, I agree with you. Uh, These these people, they have mortgages. uh,
6: They have car payments. They have monetary commitments that they need to meet. And they need to get paid. And when I hear these politicians on both sides, the left and the right, Mm -hmm. say that the majority of the folks endorse the shutdown, the majority of the folks don't.
4: Where where do they come up with these numbers? How do they know that?
0: Right, right. You know, I had somebody send me a note the other day saying, oh, this isn't hurting any of the federal employees. I mean, they shouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck anyways. And I was thinking, what what, what planet are you on? There's all sorts of people who... Live paycheck to paycheck. That's just the reality of today. Amen. No, no, thanks. God. And so that's why, it, it, and again, in, in this case, it's sort of like a pox on everybody's house. I, I understand you've got the elephants that are rumbling there, and, and you're, you're talking about the issues in border security, and I'm not downplaying any of that. But there, there's got to be a better way to run a railroad. And regardless of whether or not you think government workers are overpaid or underpaid or have too many benefits or not enough benefits, if people are working, they are entitled to be paid, and I think it is nothing short of disgraceful that the federal government, you can blame who you want for this, that the federal government is not paying the people who are working. They're not being paid what they're owed. It's 156. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 208. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. I like to I, – I am an animal lover, but I'm not a coop. I mean, I – I eat meat. Okay, I, I, I understand there's some people who can't I sorry, I, I I eat meat. I also understand that there's kind of a food chain and right now I, I'm kind of at one of the higher levels of that. I I I will wear I will wear leather. I've had a leather jacket at some point in time in my life, so I, I, I mean but at the same time I, 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 I love animals. I, I adore my, my little dog. Now one of the things if you have a if you have a pet you have a dog, one of the things that you probably learn early on is that the dog has to be groomed. In my case, my little dog is a furball, and I have to take her in every month. And we, we let her, she, she has long hair. I have to take her in like about every month or so to have her groomed. Because if you don't take her in and you let the the hair get too long, well, then it kind of like drags along the ground. She's really close to the ground and stuff. In the summer, it's hot. And so in the summer, when we take her in to have her groom, they, they cut it a little bit shorter and all. Or sometimes you have to have the grooming every three weeks instead of every four weeks. It, it's something that you end up doing because animals need to be groomed. All right. I bring this up because there is a front page story in the Wall Street Journal today about the latest I don't know, the latest target of animal rights activists. Now, yesterday we talked about this briefly with regard to elephants. The Milwaukee County Zoo is this spring going to be opening up this new $16.5 million, they call it Adventure Africa, but it's an exhibit. And if you've been at the zoo over the last couple of years, you've seen all the construction. Well, what this is, it's a new habitat for their two African elephants that they've had for the better part of a decade. It's four times larger than the current habitat that they have And it has all these different types of bells and whistles. And like I say, it's $16 million. The Milwaukee County Zoo, and this was reported uncritically on a couple local TV stations last night. Shame on you who did this. It was named by one of these animal kook groups as being one of the 10 worst zoos in North America for elephants because... It's just, they've just spent $16.5 million built on this giant elephant habitat. Now, you might say, well, that doesn't make any sense. How could you be one of the worst zoos because you built this giant elephant habitat? Well, it's because the Milwaukee County Zoo has elephants in captivity. Now that, that, that's what they really don't like. They just can't stand the idea that you would have animals in captivity. Now the zoo, for example, says, hey, we built this cap, it's with all the American Zoological Association requirements, and we built this so people can study, and it's really as comfortable as possible. Well, that made them on the 10 list of most shameful, top 10 list of most shameful zoos. And again, this was reported uncritically on television, who just completely and totally guppied on the press release and ran with it. Um which I think says a lot about the state of TV reporting in some cases. Well, there's another story that's out there, and this has to do with something that my guess is if you go home, if you're not at home now, and you go home and you go into your closet, you will find that maybe you are one of the contributors to this problem because my guess is if you look in your closet, you will be able to find – Something that is made of wool. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's socks. Maybe it's a sweater. You know, maybe it's a shirt. I don't know. But, but wool. Now you might say, well, Jeff, I, I don't understand. What's the problem with this? Wool is natural and it's warm and it's all this type of stuff. Well, here's the deal. PETA. Has now, and this other, there, there's PETA, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, which is kind of one of the, you know, extremist kook groups that are out there, together with, you know, a couple other similar sort of groups. They've gone after the wool producers. And they've been getting some traction, and now the wool producers are starting to fight back. Now, how, how do you, Where does wool come from? I'm talking about the natural wool. Well, wool comes from sheep. And where do, you know, how do you get the wool off a sheep? Well, it's not like minks, for example. I I mean, minks are nasty little things, but the, the life of a mink isn't that great. I mean, ultimately, and when they, you know, I mean, you skin the mink. That's what you do. You kill the mink to take the coat, all right? But that's not how it works with sheep. What happens with sheep is that, The wool grows out, and then what happens is you have people who shear them. They take clippers, and just like my producer, Gru, gets a haircut from time to time, just like they shear him, well, what happens is you have these people who shear the sheep, and they take the wool, and then you use the wool to make, you know, whatever you, you your your sweaters and, and whatever, and that's the way that it has been done. It is also, just like cows need to be milked, if a cow isn't milked, that the cow is going to get very sick. Just like cows need to be milked, sheep need to be shorn. Um, if, if I didn't have my little dog groomed on a regular basis, the hair would grow and grow and grow. And it would be, it could possibly, I mean, what happens is it attracts bugs, all those different types of things. The same is true with with sheep. If you ever see, and the Wall Street Journal is making this point, a sheep that has somehow been able to... Avoid being sheared for a long length of time. What you'll find is this like really, really heavy coat of wool, which in many cases makes it difficult for the sheep to see. It makes it difficult for the sheep to walk because it, it's carrying all this weight. So sheep need to be sheared. So the controversy becomes, all right, well, if it's good for the animals, if they need to do it, and here you have this natural product that people, you know, use, what could be the problem? Well, the problem, at least according to PETA, is that, well, sometimes when you're, you're shearing the sheep, when you're, you know you're using this product, and again, you don't kill the sheep or anything, but when you're shearing them, well, sometimes the sheep can be nicked. Sometimes the sheep can end up a little bit bloody because, just like when you are shaving guys. Or gals, you know, occasionally with that razor or whatever, you could nick something and boy, then then it starts to bleed or something like that. And, and that can happen from time to time. But but it, it's not a general sort of thing. But in any event, PETA has decided that they are going to go after the wool industry and they put up these billboards and they are trying to pressure producers to stop selling products that have wool in them. And the wool industry is fighting back saying hey, hey look don't don't you understand you know we're actually first of all this is a great product secondly it's a natural product third we're the sheep need to be sheared we're not doing anything wrong. 414-799-1620 that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text line. Now I always hate talking about topics like this because I'm afraid on one level that I I'm giving I am giving aid and comfort by, to, to the kooks by even discussing this. But I'm not going to feel guilty about continuing to buy wool products, nor do I think we should feel guilty about continuing to buy wool products. And I know there's a lot of people who are involved, you know, with with the production of of these types of items and they depend on the natural wool all right should we feel guilty is it time to save the sheep is PETA right 4147991620 that's the academic mortgage talk and text line and do you think we should now say, "All right, this is just—it's cruel, it's inhumane. It's time for us to stop wearing wool." Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's two seventeen. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff and Fox Point makes the point. Would PETA be happier? If instead of being sheared for wool, the sheep were used for lamb chops instead, since it drives PETA nuts, it actually makes me want to buy wool. Um, yes, four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Joel in Milwaukee. Joel, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Joel. Hello. Hi, Joel.
4: Hello. Uh, nice talking to you. Um, I actually belong to the other group, uh, people who eat tasty
0: animals. <laughs> um, the other PETA, yeah. Yeah,
4: the other PETA. So uh, my, my point is, okay, so if we go to synthetic wool, I mean, I don't know how to make synthetic wool, but isn't it, like, all of these different chemicals and this, that, and the other thing, and then the waste byproduct for making the the synthetic wool is dumped into our environment, so is that better?
0: Well, yeah, see, it's interesting you make that point, because, like, like synthetic wool or fleece or whatever. It, it's really just plastic. You know, and it's, right. and it, right. it, I mean, we're, you're talking about plastic and it's not biodegradable or yeah. anything like that. So, I mean, if, if you care about the a- environment, it, it's really not. It's right. You're you're not helping. But the bottom line is, the sheep need to have. They need to be shorn. You know, you
4: can't. Yeah, I mean, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's cows need to be milked. All right. Well, somebody right. squeezed the cow too hard. Sorry. Cows need to be milked. Sheep right. need to be shorn. Yeah, I'm going to well, keep the, wearing wool. Uh,
4: yeah. The next thing with the those uh, the cow those milking machines, you know, they'll go after them because it's you know right it right hurts them. I mean, they, they're sucking. It's sucking it too hard.
0: Right, it's pulling. Yeah, well, no, thanks thanks for going. No, we've got to do that. David in Brookfield. David, you're on WTMJ.
2: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I first wanted to just address your comment that it was the kooks who were protesting, um, you know, the shearing of sheep. I I would like to say that I don't think I'm a kook, but I do have empathy for other living creatures. Uh, So I guess I would agree PETA pushes their agenda in an unsavory way, but... Um, I think that if you've ever watched some of the videos that are put out by PETA about the process of shearing sheep, very rarely do I expect that they're done in a very gentle manner. Uh, the videos that I've seen, the sheep are cut, they're bleeding, they're obviously in pain, and so,
0: well, well, Keep first of all, though, let's back up, David. I mean, the, the videos that PETA puts out, and and they do the, these undercover things primarily with sheep. My understanding, it's in Australia, and and what they're doing is they're they're looking for the most extreme example that they could find. Just like if you film people shaving, you're going to find somebody an example of somebody, sh- you know, cutting themselves when they shave. But what what is the alternative to shearing to shearing a sheep?
2: I, I guess. That my point is, I love wool sweaters. I wear plenty of wool, um, but I like to. I would like to see that it was done in a humane way, or at least have some perhaps reassurance. How could you do that? I hate to create government oversight committees. I think that's a waste of taxpayer dollars. But if there was some like stamp that the sheep shearers could you know pay for, they could ask an inspector to come in and say, you know, this is a PETA certified shearing facility or whatever it might be. That might. Be one way to
0: kind of compromise. Well, I, and th- thanks for the call but I, I got to tell you, i <laughs> the, the last thing—the last thing that I want to do—is is say, "All right, we're going to have the government get into bed with PETA." And, you know, it's going to be a PETA authorized shearing sort of thing. And and the truth of the matter is, I, I, I understand when you're milking cows, you're probably going to pinch some stuff. When you are shearing sheep and you're sitting there and you've you've got the shears that are going and I mean you're so you're cutting this stuff off. My guess is from time to time that, you know, there, there's gonna be sheep that are nicked and there might even be a sheep that gets hurt now and then. But we've we've been <laughs> you know, we've been removing wool from sheep for Well, centuries and centuries, and, you know, we still have sheep, and, you know, we we need the wool, and I I guess, like I said, I started this off by saying that, that I am an animal lover, and you want to do stuff as humanely as possible, but this idea that people shouldn't wear wool because, well, it's cruel and inhumane to the sheep, for goodness sakes. 224, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. It's 235, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Hey, here's a a really significant story or potentially significant story that's kind of getting lost in all the hubbub of the government shutdown and things like that. It's actually out of Los Angeles. The Los Angeles public school system is the second largest school system in the country behind New York. And as it stands now, there is a good likelihood that the 35,000 teachers who teach for the, the public school system in Los Angeles, they're going to be walking out tomorrow. They're they're, they're It looks like they're ready to go to st- on strike. Um, 640,000 students. And if they do, you know it's going to be a mess. The issues, as they always are, higher pay and they argue smaller class size. I will be curious to see how much sympathy the general public has. In Los Angeles, teachers earn a starting teacher earns forty four grand, and they kind of max out around eighty six thousand dollars a year. The average teacher salary is seventy five thousand dollars. So that's the average teacher salary, and that reflects the fact that the workforce they say is is older and more experienced. The, there's there's a lot of older teachers that are there. In addition, in addition, health care is fully paid by the district, as is their pension plan. So they don't my understanding is they don't pay anything for health care. They don't pay anything towards their pension. And that's that's included in, in, in the offer. And the average salary is seventy-five thousand dollars. The district has offered a six percent raise over the first two years of a three year contract. The union wants a 6.5% hike at the start of a two-year contract, and then the union wants smaller class sizes and things like that. So um, it is interesting to me that you have, in this case, it's a public employees union who is saying, all right, our average salary is $75,000. You've got healthcare that's fully paid for. You've got a pension plan that I believe is, it's all employer contributed to. And they're offering a six point percent raise. And the teachers are still considering walking out over that. I'm just, I'm going to be curious to see how the whole thing plays out if in fact it does happen. But this is a story to watch because it appears if there is going to be a strike or a walkout or whatever you want to call it, it's going to happen tomorrow. All right. Story from the Journal Sentinel that caught my attention. I want to talk to you about it. Here's the headline. People are stealing carts full of merchandise from Cudahy's soon to close Kmart. All right. There's no secret. A number of years ago, Kmart bought Sears or Sears bought Kmart or however you want to look at the deal. But it, it's been a disaster. Kmart's are, are closing all over. Sears appears to be on the verge of bankruptcy. It looks like they're going to go into bank. They've been closing stores right and left all over the country. And they're, they're trying to come up with a plan to come out of bankruptcy. It, it's highly doubtful that that is going to happen. All right. So here's the story as reported in the Journal Sentinel. Cudahy will be losing Kmart soon, but not before the store loses money and merchandise to thieves during their going out of business sale. Kmart, 6077 South Packard Avenue, has been in business since 1968, but it will be closing early this year for good. Before the closure, the store is holding large sales, some apparently not good enough for a few people, however. Almost adding insult to injury to the failing retail franchise, just a few days ago, this is the Journal Sentinel reporting, just a few days ago, two groups of people made away with full carloads of goods without paying. In another case, an employee also stole money and candy from the store. A 17-year-old employee admitted to taking about $1,700 in cash out of a register as well as a few candy items over the last few weeks after he was caught on camera. He admitted that he'd done it. All right. The other thieves were not employed and got away. And here's the part I want to talk about that I find so interesting. The first cartful, was they're carrying out cartfuls of stuff, was carried out December 23rd at 1.10 p.m., where a group of three... Two men and one woman rolled a cart, mostly filled with clothes, out to a Ford Explorer. The store manager saw them stealing the stuff and, as reported by the Journal Sentinel, followed them outside and tried to get photos as they loaded the merchandise. According to the report, one of the men told the guy, Okay, so I I just got to back up here. So you have these three people that are going into the store that's closing. They are stealing it blind. They've got a shopping cart full of crap, and they're pushing it out. We're not going to bother to pay for it. The store manager sees them. Now, in, in any sort of normal world, people would be concerned about this, and maybe when they recognized that they were being caught by the store manager etc maybe they'd leave the cart or they'd run away or whatever well okay no that's not what happened store manager followed them outside tried to get photos as they loaded the merchandise according to the police report one of the guys confronted the store manager and said take all of the pictures you want we don't care cuz the car is stolen <laughs> Police checked the license plate and the photo's taken. And you know what? The car was stolen. The owner says, yeah, I was going to report it. Um, yes, that that car was, in fact, stolen. Oh, by the way, the vehicle had also been used in a retail theft in Greenfield, the report says. Um, so you have these people, they're described in their, you know, late 30s, just going there and, and stealing the place blind. The second cart full, just a few days later, December 26th, Now, the first theft was on the 23rd, two men made away with a cart filled in the electronics department, specifically with a floor-model desktop computer valued at 1200 bucks. The men also placed unknown electronics in the cart before making their experts. According to the police report, the store manager was just returning from lunch when he heard the security alarm gate go off. Two customers were quickly um, exiting the vehicle, he followed them outside, where they loaded the computer and other merchandise in the back of the car. Both men; um, one was in his fifties, etc., etc. They drove off before police arrived and could not be located, uh, etc. So, you have—I mean, I, I feel bad for this store manager, number one, because whoever is down there at this Kmart. He's got it. You've got to be like the little Dutch boy that's sticking his finger in the dike. You know, oh, here's a hole here. here, something's This is leaking here. I'm going to stick my finger there. I'm going to stick my finger there. You know, you're, you're trying to preside over this. And you have these people that are so brazen that, that they don't care if they get if they're observed or not. They're just down there. They're doing everything they possibly can to steal as much as they possibly can. And again, because I mean, I'm sure the store manager is told, well, don't don't bother. Don't get into a confrontation. Don't try to stop them. Whatever you do, don't get physical here. All you have is people that are just brazenly pulling away and shopping cart after shopping cart and shopping cart of after stuff to the point that they also say, oh, take pictures of us. Take pictures of the car. We don't care. The car itself is stolen. And by the way, as soon as we got done here, probably we're going to go to some other department store somewhere else and we're going to rob that place blind. All right. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. That is the AccuNet Mortgage talk and text line. Here, here's the bigger point that I want to talk about. First of all, I, I'm not trying to be flip, but, but you you understand why this Kmart's failing, and to an extent, you understand why some of these other stores, these these big box retailers or department stores, are failing as well. If this is the general attitude that there's a certain segment of the population that here we're just going to go take what we want. And, you know, we're we don't care about the consequences. We're just going to steal whatever we want because, well, we we can we think we can get away with it. All right. So that's that's aspect number number one. You understand why it's it's, and it's too bad. I mean, it's too bad that you have a store that's been there forever. And there's all sorts of reasons why I'm sure it's failing. But you've got a bunch of these low lifes who are deciding, OK, we're going to rip it off. All right. Th- that's issue number one. But what I really want to talk to you about is is the brazenness of of these this criminal activity. Now I understand this is a Kmart that's getting ready to close, but my guess is retailers could tell you stories like this all day and and all night. And right now in general, the policy is let people rip us off and then you know we'll we'll just deal with it. And the way you deal with it most times is you just simply say, okay, we're going to eat the costs and we're going to pass them on to other consumers. 414-799-1620 that is the AccuNet mortgage talk and text line for the interest of not just the businesses but the interest of society in general should we be more aggressive in dealing with these people who just decide that they are going to be vultures and they can take whatever they want. We tell people, you know, we tell people, all right, you know, we'll we'll just we'll let them steal. We won't worry about this, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the truth is, you and I pay for it. The retailers end up paying for it because people think that they that they can get away with it. You know what the truth is? I think in most cases they can Get away with this. The store manager is taking pictures. Oh, go ahead. Take the pictures of it. I don't care. The car is stolen. Dean in Hales Corner. you on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon, Jeff. Very interesting. I was in one of the retail stores that sells wood and lumber and other things. I mean, there's three major ones here in town, and I don't want to give a name. But as I was talking with one of the guys that worked there, we were talking about how heavy this uh, concrete saw was. It's a big circular thing to make. Cuts and so you can damp, do right. demolition and sure. things. And this thing weighs like seventy-five pounds, and he was telling me that. Oh, yeah, just the other day they had a woman come in, and she wasn't being waited on fast enough. She picked the saw up and walked out the door. <laughs> I, I, I I was dumbfounded. And how
0: this this saw? I, my my assumption is this saw is worth hundreds of dollars, if not more, right?
4: Um, like close to a thousand.
0: Okay, got it. Okay,
4: yeah. I mean, this is huge. And I said, so did, did you stop her? He goes, oh, said, no, I can't corporate won't allow me i can get fired if i do there could be legal action that this right. perpetrator takes against me and the corporation sure they're better off just writing it off and letting the police deal with it
0: right and and i mean the reality is the police have all sorts of stuff to do like they're going to catch this lady chances are probably not I not- and I mean, I, I understand why police are police are dealing with murders and carjackings and things like that. So you deal yes, with some are. woman who walked out of a, out of a big box retailer or whatever with a um, with a circular saw. It's just not going to be a priority.
4: But the audacity, yeah. the audacity of the person taking it, whatever happened to the golden rule well, people
0: forget this well there's they're, really they're just, there's no shame I mean they're, 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 there's no shame that's why that like the dazzling detail of that story is, is the store manager who undoubtedly he, I mean he's told that same thing okay we don't want you we don't want any confrontations you know for all we know the persons that are doing this they've got guns or whatever or baseball bats and we don't want you getting hurt we don't want other people getting hurt so let's just look the other way and let them let them go off and let them rip this off but it's the ultimate audacity of okay yeah you're Filming us, we don't care. Car is stolen, so what? You're gonna trace it back. You're never gonna catch us. And and you wonder why these stores go out of business? That you've got these low lifes that are out there. And i again, again, it's a it's a frustrating sort of thing that that's out there. And, and you're never going to see a change, I guess, and, and until we revamp the ideas of, of liability and, and give the stores more authority. And, and I mean, look, and I, I get it. I'm not picking on the cops. Cops are busy, too. Let's talk to Brian on the north side. Brian, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
4: Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking Hi my Brian. call. Um, this, just, this just sounds weird. Um, it almost sounds like an inside job. And the reason I say that is uh, me and my wife one time went to Sears Outlet to, looking for a fridge. And the employee in there, the salesperson, was supposed to help us. And then he said to me and my wife, if you meet me around the back and give me $300, I'll give you this fridge. And my wife and me looked at each other. And <laughs> we walked away from the guy. and It just sounds brazen that people would walk in a store and take stuff like that without employees it somehow, just seems weird. Well,
0: no, no. Thank, I mean, no, I, I see. I don't I don't think it sounds I, I, I think it sounds stunning. I think it sounds shocking. But I, I unfortunately, I don't think it sounds weird. This I, I'm sure Kmart has, a, especially with a store closing, has a policy not unlike most of the retailers, which is you, you, you leave this to the police. You don't get into confrontations because and I, I get it. I understand what where that comes from. It comes from the idea that we don't want the employees getting hurt. It's a cart full of stuff you know you, you don't want you confront the shoplifter and it turns out the shoplifter's got a gun and, and he shoots the store manager or he misses the store manager and shoots the eight-year-old girl that's on the riding horse in front of the store or, or, or whatever so they're saying okay we, we just don't want to deal with that so we'd rather just accept the fact that you've got people that are stealing from us but it, it's the brazenness of of the thefts and these kind of circumstances that continues to be just absolutely stunning to me. And the reality is, I think it's it's getting worse. It's not getting better. And maybe this is just kind of the, the new normal where you have a certain degree and a certain amount of criminal element who just flat out doesn't care because they're not worried about the consequences. And they figure nothing bad is going to happen to them or they'll have some excuse. 250 Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.